some giant semi parked out there. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah, audio quality. Who, who cares? <laughs> who cares about audio quality? <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get this thing started. Cool. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Gamers on the Go, a podcast dedicated to those games that you can take with you. Uh, today's episode is number 47. 47. Wow. I know. Uh, <laughs> so many episodes. It's, you know, for two years it doesn't actually sound like that <laughs> many episodes, but yeah, it's, it's getting there. Uh, anyway, uh, this episode is about uh, a card game called Pass the Buck, and I am here in, on location. On location. In Happy Badger Studios. Yes. Uh, with the. Carol Lawrence. Yeah, with the actual developer of the game. Yes, hi. Carol, it is, it is great to be here. It uh, is, uh, likewise, even though this is where I work, so it's. Well. I mean, it's, it's still great to be here. I like, I like it's great to job. be employed. It's great. Well, it's great to employ myself. Well, all right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. That sounds good. Uh, this is the, the second time we've met. Uh, the first time was actually when I got to play the game myself at a, at a local um, game convention festival thing mm-hmm. called Pixel Pop uh, that is in Webster uh, Groves in St. Louis. If you're if you're in the area, which you know some of you are who listen. <laughs> Maybe. And if you're not, then... <laughs> if you're not, calm it down. It's a fun time. Yeah, it's a little college town in the middle of uh, St. Louis County. Yes. Uh, but, but we met and, and I play-tested play tested this game with you um, because this game isn't out yet. Uh, right. You are, you are kickstarting this game uh, and it will be out, I, I think you've said May 2016 yeah, is that's the, my, the goal. It's my conservative estimate because mm-hmm. I've never actually done mass manufacturing before. Sure. And so... I've been trying to like estimate like, okay, so I'm, you know, I'm letting other people write some of the content. So I need to give them time. Plus I need to make sure that I have time to prep the files and send it. And then also account for Chinese new year and like all this stuff. So I'm like, May, we'll just do it in May. All right. <laughs> so yeah, you've got this on Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, you're at your second week now. Mm-hmm. Just uh, hit, yeah. Just hit the two, two week point. And you've been asking for seventy five hundred dollars, and you said uh, before we started this, you said you hit seventy five percent of your goal today. Yeah, not I meant too much like more to go. Almost six thousand. Really exciting that people believe in it to give me six grand to like make a make a card game with. For sure, and, and I want to get into where all of that six grand plus one thousand and five hundred more uh, will go, uh, but we'll do that later. Cool. Uh, first, I want to ask people about uh, the game, or I want to tell people what the game is. So, can you just kind of give the elevator pitch of what yeah. Pass the Buck is? Yeah. So, Pass the Buck, a game of corporate responsibility management, is a satirical bluffing card game. Uh, that was made essentially to mock corporate culture. The idea is that you have work to do and you have departments that you're in that determine whether or not you can complete your work. Uh, But the idea is to actually figure out what departments your colleagues slash opponents are in and pass the work off to them so you never have to do it. Every time you get rid of all the tasks in your hand, you, of course, get a promotion because that's how the real world works. Every time you get a promotion, you have more work, you get more responsibilities. Uh, but the goal is to get promoted all the way up to level five, which is uh, CEO. So you never, ever have to do another <laughs> piece of work for the rest of your life, and you just get to pass off everything to other people. Sounds just like a pitch video. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and you've, uh, you've been still playtesting this game. One of the places was Pixel Pop. Uh, mm-hmm. You just came back from another festival in Austin. Yeah, um, Fantastic Arcade. And I'm sure that was for some of the other games that you're working on, too, but you also slipped in past the buck and, and yeah. talked a little bit about there. How was yeah. that? It was so much fun. I actually just went as an attendee because I had been oh, planning really? on going uh, for a couple of years and finally got the opportunity 
Um, and I, um, it's just so inspiring. It's a really tight knit community in Austin and there's some really, really interesting games that get shown at fantastic arcade. And so it's, it's one of the most inspiring weeks. Um, and I got to, um, at some, some of the after parties play past the buck with some other game designers, which was really, really cool to get feedback from like, these are, these are totally alt like indie designers who are, it's not just the plebes like me who come (laughs) in and go, Oh, you know, I think the coach though could be better. No, everybody (laughs) is fantastic, but these are, uh, like fantastic arcade is focused around alternative games and alt gameplay styles and getting feedback and, um, uh, gameplay from folks who make like totally unique game styles that are like games as art was really really cool to hear from so I was glad to be able to play test with those kinds of designers fantastic yeah uh, well we'll get into more of Pass the Buck in a second here cool. but but first I want to talk about Carol okay hi <laughs> <laughs> uh, where uh, so I met you at Pixel Bop mm-hmm. I've said that maybe three times now I'll sure. try not to say it again but uh, we I, I mean like we met at Pixel Pop, I think, right? I believe okay, that is cool. correct. Yeah, yeah. Pixel Pop. Uh, it was Pixel Pop. Pixel Pop. Okay. Right. Just wanted to verify. <laughs> <laughs> um, but tell me, tell me about Carol. Like, where, uh, what were the kind of games you like uh, playing growing up? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a handheld game show, which we're fudging a little bit to talk about card game because yeah. it's a it's a game that you can take you with you. I, I said it right at the beginning. Yeah. Like, these are games that you can take with you. Yeah, totally. Card games fit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, I seriously, I walk around with card games in my purse all the time. I'm not joking. Like, take them to bars, take them wherever. It's like, there are some of the most games-on-the-go kinds of games that I have. Perfect, yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, tell me about, like, where what you played, uh, how you got your start, mm-hmm. um, getting like, schooling, the yeah, whole thing. Yeah. How did you get to this very point? Life story. In and, you know, sum it up, yeah, yeah, sum it yeah. up, like, really quick. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, so when I was growing up, I liked to play pretty much anything. We, we always had computers in the house. And so I played, um, I mean, I was just reminiscing, uh, the original Duke Nukem the other day on 386. Um, because we were listening to a lot of nineties alt rock and it just was like, oh my God, this is me when I was seven years old. Um, but beyond that, um, I remember I got my first Game Boy Color. That was my first, like, other than, like, one of those Tiger mm-hmm. consoles. Oh, like, yeah. I had, like, the Full House Tiger console, yeah, which was pretty go. great. I think I had Jurassic Park. Oh, uh, yeah. In mine, like, you play, I think you play Michelle, and you have to high-five the other people in the family awesome. and uh, avoid, like, haunted uh, vacuum cleaners. Wow. Have you thought about just remaking that game? I've thought about it several <laughs> times, actually. It's just the, the epitome of true a, gaming culture. A game where you just high-five people sounds yeah. pretty great. Yeah. I, I think there are games out there where there, you just go around and hug people. Hug punks, yeah, yeah. by uh, Maricopas. Yeah, um, and I actually have a game called Kiss Off where you play two teddy bears kissing each other, nice. um, which I made in the day. That was a good <laughs> game. Um, but yeah, so I, I got my Game Boy Color when I was uh, probably like late elementary, early middle school, and I just played the hell out of Link's Awakening and Pokemon and Harvest Moon and just like all of those like classic like all of those have been talked about. On the show. Yes, yeah. Actually, I mean, like, Link's Awakening hasn't. Uh, Link's Awakening hasn't. The oh. uh, the Oracle games. Yeah, yeah. Talked about, but I haven't talked I about Link's Awakening. I never them. Need to get on. There. Link's Awakening was good though. That was a that was a big part of the DX version because right. it was the, for the color. It had the color dungeon. Yeah, it was like color exclusive. <laughs> but yeah, so those those games were like hugely formative and really important to me. Um, and just like lots of, I played a lot of Nintendo uh, in general. So like Harvest Moon for Super Nintendo and, and uh, all those things. Um, 
And I think Harvest Moon was probably my favorite game growing up because it wasn't violent. Sure. You know, yeah. like, it was, like, one of those few games that just felt like I'm embodying a character that, like, I would want to, like, experience this in real life. Like, go, like, meet a cute girl on a cliff at midnight <laughs> and, like, you know, propose to her or something like that, which was really awkward to talk about in middle school because they're like, wait, what? <laughs> um, uh, the, the, so the Game Boy Color one, I think it was Harvest Moon GBC. Three, yeah, that like, sounds right. Like it's where you could play as a girl, right? Uh, and it's so groundbreaking. Yes, to actually play as a girl. But the problem is, like the, that that game ends when you marry the guy. Yeah, no, no, that was when, really you, when you're up. the guy, you marry the girl, the, and you keep going. The game keeps going on, but yeah, the game is over once you're if you're a girl and you marry somebody. So you want to play as a guy, and it was just yeah. I never really thought too hard about that, other than that <laughs> it pissed me off at the time. I was just like, really? Oh, well, I guess I have to play as a boy now. <laughs> Yeah, and and playing games uh, like like Link's Awakening and the Oracle games and Harvest Moon, it was like, oh man, I I just love digging dirt. And yeah, like, this is so great in the game. I'm gonna go do that outside and yeah. do it like three times. Oh, this sucks. Yeah, I'm gonna go back in and yeah. dig digital dirt because it's so yeah, much better. It's way better. <laughs> um, so yeah, like lots of video games, lots of um, I played a lot of board games and card games and stuff with my family. Um, then I got really into web development, web programming when I was a kid and went to college for interactive media uh, at Webster, uh, emphasized in animation, met my business partner, Ben there. I believe Webster's the home of the Pixel Pop Festival. Webster is, in fact, I, the I home think of we Pixel met Pop there. Festival. I think, yeah, oh yeah, is that where we met? I believe okay. that's where we met. Gotcha, Webster University. Um, but that's part of why we're able to host Pixel Pop Festival as some alumni poll. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so after college, uh, some stuff happened, fast forward, we started a business, you know, we make games for, you know, for clients and ourselves. Um, yeah. How long have you guys been doing that? So, um, we have Rampant Interactive, which is the client facing studio, which has been around since February, 2010. And then Happy Badger Studio is the kind of like games for fun studio, which some friends of ours actually started at the end of 2010 or early 2011. Um, and we wound up um, kind of taking it over from them because they, they decided they wanted to kind of pursue other personal projects instead. So we took over the whole studio in like late 2012, early 2013 um, and have been doing it ever since. Nice. So. Well, I mean, we're here to talk about Pass the Buck, but I, I would want to give you an opportunity to talk about some of the other games that yeah. you guys are working on. I know you uh, were showing off a game called Smugglecraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it was Pixel Pop. <laughs> yes, I think it was actually the place where we met. <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, so, and Smugglecraft, we're actually hoping eventually, this isn't super official yet, but we are hoping that it will be an on-the-go game. Uh, that you will eventually, that. Yeah, yeah, that you will eventually be able to actually, you know, incorporate into the podcast. Mm-hmm. So, what kind of on-the-go platforms are you thinking of? Um, well, we have a uh, right now we have an agreement that we are going to be a PlayStation exclusive title. Right. So we have announced for PlayStation Four. I don't know if there's a PlayStation handheld out there. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say whether or not, but yeah, it's something that we've been kicking around. We um, we do actually have the development kit for a PlayStation handheld. <laughs> so um, we would love to be able to make it an on the go game, but we have to we have to do a little bit more development, sure. uh, elbow grease before we can make that official announcement. Well, can't wait for the PSP version. It's going to be. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> to rewind about five years. Um, 
But yeah, so uh, Smugglecraft is a quest-based, uh, randomly generated hovercraft racing game where you play a smuggler in the world on the cusp of political revolution. And so you're you're doing quests, you're collecting money and resources. You can craft ship parts and create your own hovercraft that like you know suits your needs. But you can also kind of help shape the political landscape, as it were, based on what kinds of quests that you take on and how you fulfill those quests. So, and it looks really cool. Thank you! Yeah, it's totally, like, it's our first console game, it's our first 3D game, and it has um, been, it's just been so amazing to work on, so. Awesome. Yeah. But pass the buck. Pass the buck. Card game. Card game. Not 3D. It, well, I mean, like, I mean, what are you talking I mean, about? Well, I mean. dimensional the cards are pretty flat, but I suppose there is a third dimension there is, in there. I mean, there's even four if you're talking about like the actual play time. Right, yes, goes into of course. It. It's really, it's, yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, so we, we've talked, we've got, you've given the elevator pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, you are doing a Kickstarter for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me be super transparent with everyone. I'm a backer. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, yeah to you. Uh, for other people, this could sound super biased that I think, man, this is a great game, but it, it's, well, a, it's, you a, backed it's a great, it's, it's a, cool. exactly. I put, I put some money in this where I was like, this is cool. I want yeah. this. I and want to show this you, to people. By the way. No problem. Um, I mean, I think that says a lot that you were willing to back it even after having played it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, but it, it was a, it was a really fun time when we played at Pixel Pop, that place that we met. That we were, and, we were, we met. <laughs> and, uh, but it was a, it was a great time. And one of the cool things that I like about this game is how much it, uh, encourages people to role play. Don't worry about that truck. We'll be fine. <laughs> no, nobody will worry about the truck. We're, we're just doing this at a trucking place. This is uh, we're at a yeah. truck stop. That's Happy Badger studio, studio is in a truck stop. Yeah. Right. Um, but I really liked the role-playing aspect of it where, you know, we talked a little bit before the show started where, you know, lots of board games and card games, Mm -hmm. they help if you, if you're role-playing, but I think, I think this one almost hinges on it. Mm -hmm. Um, because when we were playing, uh, we had three, it's a game for how many people? It's It's three to five. Three to five. Yeah. So we had five. Uh, three of us were really into it and talking about, oh, no, I have so much email. Yeah. I'm sorry. Can you pass that off on to Karen like or somebody? Horrible cor- corporate tropes. Exactly. All the bureaucracy that yeah. you have to go through. Uh, and then two of the guys were kind of just like, um, do you, can you take this task? No? Okay. <laughs> and it, it's great that they played it. And right. I think they yeah. had fun and they kind of got into it at the end. Yeah. But it's definitely a game where the enjoyment comes out of... You know, the humor comes out exactly. Yeah, it's so, not. It's not exactly like a Cards Against Humanity where you just read the card and go, "Oh, that's so funny!" Right. Because it, it requires a little bit of effort from the player. There which are I like. jokes on the cards. There are, but the most the there's most going to be one really great joke on the card. Yeah, <laughs> for for me back in at a certain tier where I can where I can write a card. So yeah. this is all collusion. Guys. <laughs> this, is, this is all this is. <laughs> I get I get no cut of this game. I just get the game, and I think it's a cool game, and I can't wait. So we'll put that to bed. <laughs> that there, um, but yeah, I like to me the human element of multiplayer games is what's so important. That's why I've been really drawn to board and card games in my adulthood. Is that it forces people to actually be in the same place, look at each other while they play understand each other and understand the reasoning behind why other people are playing certain things or acting a certain way or doing a certain thing. And so like that actual like human interaction is what's so important. I really wanted to pull that out of people with this game. And it just so happened that it worked really well that not only do you have to, cause it's a bluffing game. So not only do you have to just read each other and like really try to understand, you know, like the psychological 
reasoning for a certain answer, whether or not it's actually true or not. But there's also so much opportunity for that role playing, which is so much fun. I mean, like I love playing D and love playing RPGs where you can just embody a character. And I think that's one of the really cool things about Pass the Buck is seeing how people just embody that thing that they totally hate, that they have to deal with every day. And I, I said this in one of my Kickstarter updates that it was just like me creating it was a means of like catharsis by humor. Like I had to do that in order to just not hate the world that I existed in to like be able to make fun of it and just show how ridiculous it was. And I think when people role play in that way, it's, it's, you know, it's their own source of catharsis. It's their own way of saying like, look at how ridiculous this is. It's so stupid. I'm not this way in real life, but I'm going to be like that now and laugh at it. I've, I've met some people who are like that. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, Thank you for calling. <laughs> uh, but you were talking uh, about some of the kind of origin stuff and you actually, that was one of the uh, other updates that you put out was mm-hmm. where the origin came from mm-hmm. and it came from a passive aggressive Facebook post. It did. Yeah. I had been working with a corporate company uh, for one reason or another and had just been like sending these emails. Like I need this thing. I need this thing. It shouldn't be that hard. I just need this. And the person that I was emailing just kept CCing other people and saying, I'm sorry, that's not my department, but I've CC'd these three other people and they may be able to help you. But of course there's no, there's no like actual like responsibility there. Right. Like for, if you're just CC'd on an email, you don't give it, you no. don't, I don't know what. You, you can swear. You as don't give a shit. <laughs> no shit. So, um, it is, it was like. I was just like, we're, these people are just passing the buck. They're just like getting like every aspect of responsibility that they have, they're just shoving off onto other people. And I was, I just made the joke. I was like, I'm going to make a game called Pass the Buck, a game of corporate responsibility management. And I posted it on Facebook and then I immediately commented on my own post and I was like, no, seriously, I'm making this game. <laughs> and so I, I started doing it. I just started writing up some rules and like I had been playing a lot of werewolf at that point and so like the bluffing fit so well thematically and it was something that I had been used to doing so I just kind of took that and started running with it um and I'm really proud with how it turned out for sure how how long when was that Facebook post so how long has it taken from that to getting to this point that was in 2013 so that was almost two years ago it was in November of 2013 and so almost immediately after I wrote that Facebook post I started writing up the rules and I I can actually show you the index cards that I started prototyping with and that's a future uh Kickstarter update as well um but it is... Uh, it's good. It probably won't play that well. In the yeah. Podcast, <laughs> you won't be able to actually see it, dear <laughs> listeners. Um, but yeah, it was, it was pretty quick when I started actually getting, getting rolling. But um, I'd been playtesting it for pretty heavy for about a year before I actually landed on the core rule set that we have now. Um, and I've been playtesting play this rule set for about a year also. Um, and I think this, I mean, it just plays, it's quicker, it's tighter, it's it just, it's a much better game than it, when it started. Well, I, I know nothing about card game development, but like <laughs> how, how do some of those decisions happen? Like how, how did you decide on five play or three to five players? Right. How did you decide on the task cards being used and uh, how many departments to have and, and those yeah. kinds of things? Like just where do those the decisions balance come from? And the decision, yeah. Tell me the secret sauce. The secrets. Well, the secret sauce is going with your gut to start out with. 
play testing it and figuring out what works and what doesn't and changing realizing that your gut was completely wrong yeah these other people said this is crap you should do it this way totally so i started it out i think i was trying to support like seven players um which we realized quickly was just way way too many so um it starts moving really slow after about five yeah, or six. so it's more of a time thing. Yeah, anything. it's a time thing, and it's just kind of like a focus thing. I'm One of the stretch goals for the Kickstarter is adding a sixth player, but I want like there to be a warning, like, you should probably cap delegator times, like delegator sure. gameplay times, just so that it moves a little quicker. Um, but, yeah, so, like, three to five, like, I... I I'm actually still thinking about trying to work on two-player rules, but it doesn't really work well as a two-player game it's, because of the bluffing. Right. Um... So three to five kind of fit uh, after playtesting with more and less. It just didn't it didn't work as well. Um, and then like the number of task cards, that's all balanced based on the number of departments, which we cut down from eight to six because again, like it just felt not right. And so we wound up just pulling stuff out, trying to simplify. What were some of the cut departments? Um, I, it's going to be revealed in a future Kickstarter okay. update, but I will share them with you. Okay. Um, I cut <laughs> I cut finance and product development nice. because neither of those is important mm-hmm. in the real world. Of course not. <laughs> who, who needs those? <laughs> Nobody does. Um, yeah, no. So I cut those two both, and it like cutting it down, cutting down the number of departments helped a lot as far as balance goes. Um, and we, I mean, there was one point when we were play testing on the index cards and like all of the tasks only had one department each mm-hmm. and now they have two and we added the second, like in the middle of gameplay just to see how it worked. I remember we played a bunch of games where it was just kind of like a half game and we're like, no, this is awful. Let's, let's readjust and, sure. you know, figure something else out. So how, one of the things, so when I was, when I backed this at a tier where I could write a card, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the things I was thinking of for ways to write tasks was, I was like, man, all of these sound like really great Hopefully. HR ones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, HR would have so many awesome ones, yeah. but you can't do that because HR is actually a An completely NPC. separate yeah. course in the game. Yeah. yeah. Talk about HR, what it does, and, and kind of how that came about. Yeah, so the bluffing mechanic is... Um, called out via contacting HR. So if you don't believe that a player is telling the truth about whether or not they're in a department, you can call HR on them and there are there is a consequence whether or not they told the truth. So if if they were lying, then they are forced to take all of the tasks in your hand that they were lying about. And if they were telling the truth, then you've wasted HR's time, your turn is over and you have to draw a new task. Um, the reason that I pulled that in, I think that was one of the original, like, parts of gameplay, and it was, um, it's just because it's funny to threaten to call HR. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's, like, that's, that's, it's the hook that everybody's like, oh, wait, I can call HR? <laughs> you know, like, um, and it just, it, it's, there has to be some way of calling people on their bluff, and it just made the most sense. Um, you know, like, if you're lying about what you can and can't do, it's like, well, screw you, I'm gonna call HR. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, it's so hilarious because people start calling HR so loosely, you know, like they're calling HR every time they're trying to get a single thing done because it's just, it becomes part of that fake corporate culture and it's kind of perfect. Um, so it's, yeah, HR, it would have been great to have it be its own department, but I think it's super important that it exists as its own, like non-playable 
entity. For sure. But it also has its own checks and balances mm-hmm. and that there are some special cards that you have that mm-hmm. uh, like nepotism. Yes. Nepotism negates any, any HR related penalties. As, just like in the real world. Just like in the real world. Exactly. Yeah. Pretty much everything about this game is just like in the real world, <laughs> except funnier. Yeah. That's, yeah. We can laugh. At we sadness. can laugh at it. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. So, uh, Kickstarter. Kickstarter. You've been doing this for two weeks now. Yes. Um, how has, I mean, we know from the dollar amount that you've said, like, how it's going, but, yeah. like, how, how has it been going on you? Because I know running a Kickstarter yeah. campaign from everyone that I've talked to yeah. uh, it's sucks. Rough. Yeah. It's hard. It is. It's a lot of work. And it's, um, you know, right now we're in the middle of development on a lot of other projects. Mm-hmm. But it's not busy kind of a, anything else. No, right? you know, like I don't have any. Like, like I'm in not, the morning, you look back. Oh, the card game's doing okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll get a sandwich. And... Yeah, it's like you know, I'm you know, I'm wake up. I'm gonna run a studio. I'm gonna run a nonprofit organization. I'm gonna launch a Kickstarter. Like, why not? Just Thursday. Uh, it's just a Thursday. So, um, it's yeah, actually, it's but, actually a Wednesday today. Is it? I don't know why uh, it's a Thursday. It's, I just repeated it because I'm not thinking that hard. We met at Pixel Pop. I believe that's okay. correct. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, the Kickstarter was, it's something that I've been planning on doing from pretty early on in development, just because it makes so much sense, especially for physical games to be able to cover the manufacturing cost. Mm -hmm. It is, I think it's just a huge pro for everyone involved because it gives, you know, backers like you an opportunity to actually become a part of the game before it's ever created and you feel that much closer to it. Um, and then it gives creators like me a, a way lower risk opportunity to actually manufacture something that is often way too cost prohibitive to just straight up say, oh, okay, I'm going to order a $7,500 print run from China and really hope I get picked up by a distributor or whatever. And it also does prevent, you know, like putting, you know, five weeks or whatever into a Kickstarter to me is a lot more worthwhile than spending a year going around trying to shop it to distributors and publishers and then maybe losing some of that, you know, creative license that I have, you know, like some of the soul and the, you know, like the effort that we put into it. Um, Pass the buck, sponsored by Pepsi. Right. Like, I don't, I don't want that. So, um, it just, it just made the most sense and we were wanting to make all sorts of Coke jokes. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's like just, I don't know, like let's work (laughs) on the product development for Coke. Ah, why would we? It sucks. Ah, Um, so yeah, so, um, I wanted to actually launch the Kickstarter like last year, um, because it was, it's, it hasn't changed a lot over the, over the last year or so. I mean, it has changed some, but not, not enough that it would have made a huge difference if I would have launched between then and now. Um, but we were just so busy back then that this year I was just like, you know what? I know we're busy, but it's now or never. Like it's either I'm going to do this or it's just going to sit on the back burner forever and it's never going to get published. And it's like, I'm proud of this game. I want it to be played. I want people to be able to experience it and enjoy, and enjoy it. And so we were just like, my, I have amazing business partners who are super supportive. And we just kind of decided, okay, Happy Badger Studio is going to publish it. We're going to throw it up on Kickstarter. We're in the middle of all kinds of other projects, but it doesn't matter. We're just going to do this. Nice. Um, and so they've been super supportive and super helpful. Like they, I mean... They've been totally integral to the to the design and development process. So, um, but yeah, we we launched it, and then I immediately went to Austin for Fantastic Arcade. And at the end of the at the end of the campaign, I'm going to be going to LA for Indiecade. 
And this is another thing that I'm going to announce soon. So another exclusive. Oh, man, I'm getting some um, exclusives. I just discovered that Pass the Buck was accepted into the game tasting event at the Indie Exchange at IndieCade in That's LA. Fantastic. So I'm going to be demoing it for two hours in LA uh, at the IndieCade uh in the exchange. So that's really exciting. Yeah, they, that's super cool. Yeah, that they liked it enough that they wanted to have it demo there. So, um, yeah, it's just like there's a lot going on and I'm trying to like make sure that people are still seeing it and like care about it, which is weird. Like, it's really interesting the number of people who care about it, like who, who cares about it versus who doesn't. Right. Like family, they're like, for the most part, like there's some really great family members who like were immediately like, yes, I'm going to help sure. you out. But there's a lot of family members who were like, I heard you have a new product for sale. Like, no, that's not how that works. <laughs> yeah. Family's not uh, always the most helpful when it comes to passion projects. Right. I mean, I know my mom's listening. <laughs> She's not listening. Oh. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. And, and she doesn't play that many handheld games. It would probably be over her head. So. Yeah. Uh, but she might play past the buck. That would be awesome. Yeah, huge shout out to my brother who, like, the only two Kickstarter projects he's ever backed were the ones that I was, you know, behind. So, like, that was great. I should have probably mentioned that, like, this is not my first Kickstarter project. Uh, Happy Badger you're, Studio. You're a reputable person. Yeah, yeah. Happy Badger Studio has run two Kickstarter projects in the past. And while this is my first on my personal account, I've also backed, like, 110 projects. So, like, I have quite a bit of Kickstarter experience. With this how, how is your... I feel like I have, and I'm going to jinx it right here, and I'm sorry because it's probably <laughs> jinxes your whole game, but oh, I have yeah. had the Midas touch when it comes to Kickstarters where everything I've backed has been fully funded. Yeah. And has actually That's come great. out. Those, those are all good things. That's really great. Um, I, I mean, I've backed so many that some don't get funded, and I totally get that. Um, and, you know, I don't think I've ever had any that haven't been fulfilled or at least have, have completely dropped off the face of the planet sort of thing. Um, yeah, I'm really hoping that Pass the Buck gets funded, so hopefully the Midas Touch helps. Um, <laughs> I mean, you're, you're, you're not even halfway there, uh, or you're not even halfway there in terms of time, time and you're over 75%, 75% yeah. funded, so I think you're, you're on the right track. I think so, too. I'm really, really hoping to hit the stretch goals because those, like, I didn't work those into the minimal cost. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the 7500 is to cover Kickstarter fees fulfillment costs and just overall the print run. Like the print run itself is going to cost like $6,000 or $6,500. And that's just for minimal like quality. Like I don't want to say poor quality, but like minimum viable product. Yeah, the minimum that you would be happy with. Right, exactly. And so the the stretch goals are there to make it the kind, the quality and the kind of game that I really want it to be. Um, So like doing a two-piece box the way that I have the prototype as opposed to like a tuck box. Um, you know, in, improving the quality of the cards instead of being just like flat and thin, having like that nice linen finish, and mm-hmm. just overall being a little bit more durable of a game. So, what do you do uh, now at like the two week mark where it's kind of like the doldrums for for the Kickstarter? Like when when it comes out on Kickstarter for the first day, yeah, you get like, all your super passionate yeah. fans who come in and be like, "Oh, hey, Chase, you dropped 150 bucks on the yeah. first day. Cool, awesome, <laughs> great." Um, but uh, but now it's 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 really up to like those hardcore passionate fans yeah. to get out there and say yeah. like, Hey, Hey, this game's really cool. You yeah. should totally back it. And it's having people share it is one of the most important, I mean, probably the most important thing because, um, 
Otherwise, I mean, there's only, I only have so much reach. I can only shout to my own, you know, like social networks right. so much before they're just like sick of me. Like I actually lost like 10 followers the day that I launched the Kickstarter because I tweeted so much about it. Hey guys, this is going to be an echo yeah, chamber. Like, I'm really sorry. Yeah. It, whatever. You know, like that's just what it is. Like if somebody has something that they're passionate about that they're working on, like I expect that. Um, but yeah, I mean like it's, it's gotten to the point where I feel like I'm getting close to hitting the saturation point of who I can reach. And so it's a lot of it is relying on stuff like this, like reaching new audiences, talking to, you know, anybody who I can, who can help get the word out to people who might get excited about it. Because, um, that's really, I mean, it's, I know that people enjoy the game. I know that people are into the game. It's just a matter of making sure that people know that it exists and is worth helping out. Which is why it's great to go out to these festivals and things yeah. and, and show people. Because yeah. I wouldn't have known anything about this game if I hadn't met you at Pixel Pop. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a <laughs> I forgot. Uh, cool. That one had to be said. Yeah. <laughs> not even trying to joke anymore. It's just happening. <laughs> just, it's, yeah, it's, gonna, it's the thing. It's fine. Uh, what, what kind of response have you gotten from backers and uh, playtesters and other things that have made you look at the game and... and want to change things or, or just how that response is going for the most part all of the backer response has been really positive i actually even had one backer who printed out the print and play took it to a convention play tested at the convention did your job for you did oh my, my job goodness. for me i passed the buck without even realizing <laughs> it and i got a whole bunch of new backers because they had wow. such a fun time playing and it's like that to me is like even when I'm playtesting and I'm in the room, like there's, there's an element of, um, I mean, there's just a different air, you know, when the designer is in the room, when people feel like they're being watched and observed. And like, also when they know that they can ask me questions, even though they know that they're not supposed to ask me questions, it's like, there's definitely a different air. For sure. Oh, it was like halfway through the game when we were playing where it's like, all right, now, now I can't just ask Carol things. Right because I don't know them right like now. Now she can get snotty with me in a, in a bureau, bureaucratic way. Yeah. Um, and, and now I just have to accept that because I've been thrown from the nest. Right. Right. Exactly. So it's like, you know, that's why I spent so long writing the rules and perfecting the rules. Um, for the most part, what I've been, the, the kinds of feedback that I've gotten are just like kind of semantic changes. Like, can you make this a little bit more clear in the rules so that I'm not confused or things like that. But even beyond that, like, that's mostly from people who are in the room with me, but hearing that there's been great gameplay sessions with me completely, like total strangers, nowhere near anywhere (laughs) that I am. And like, they're having great times. Like that's super, super motivating and super exciting. Um, but yeah, like the worst gameplay sessions ever are the ones where I'm in the room and I've said, you can't ask me questions. But because I'm in the room, people still don't reference the rules. So they refuse to ask me questions, but then when they go against what the rules say, and I try to explain that, they're like, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, you can't answer questions. And I'm like, well, then at least look at the rules. They're like, no, we're fine. We got it. It's like, Cool. So that's zero help to me when I'm trying to figure out how to make the rules to make them clear. Right. So that's definitely like the worst that's the worst playtesting experiences I've ever had. And I think I'm probably in a pretty unique situation where I'm going to be the only person ever actually has that situation. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, uh, and there, there's still a lot of good feedback from that because that means, you know, certain things like on the, we have the quick reference rules, mm-hmm. whatever's not on there, you know, that people are consistently asking questions about, 
um, is important for me to know. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, we definitely will have the, the Kickstarter link on the episode show notes. Uh, cool. And when it gets tweeted out, we'll, we'll put it out there as well. But is there anything else uh, audio-wise you would like to plug? Twitters or Facebooks or Happy yeah. Badger stuff? Anything you want to go? Yeah, you can find the studio at happybadgers.com. That's plural, happybadgers.com. Um, you can find us also on Twitter at happybadgers. And you can find me on Twitter at Carol Mertz. Um, and then the game's website is passthebuckgame.com. And if you are interested in Smugglecraft, the quest-based procedurally generated hovercraft racing game where you play a smuggler in the world <laughs> on political... And you took, you took the plug to a whole other level. <laughs> plugging. Fantastic. Uh, plugging. If you're interested in Smugglecraft, um, you can check it out at smugglecraft.com. There's trailers and more information there. Yeah. Well, I look forward to potentially playing a potential PlayStation handheld somewhat Possibly. version of it in yeah. the possible future. Yeah, that would be really awesome. Uh, but I definitely look forward to playing Pass the Buck... Uh, conservative estimate of May 2016 yep. um, and we'll, we'll see about that but Carol it has is, is been great yeah. uh, I'm excited for the game I'm excited to be a backer and I'm excited to get this out to other people who would also potentially be backers thank you so much it was a lot of fun awesome thank you cool <laughs>